that I get back to you with an interview episode. Hello, guys, and welcome back to this Blonde Can Talk About Anything episode 47. We are inching ever so close to that 52, which is like a total, you know, year uh, full of podcasts or a, a year's worth of podcasts, if you will. My name is Melanie with two L's because the spelling of your name doesn't change from one week to the next. You know, I always say welcome back and forget that some of you might be new. So if you're new, welcome. I have a really awesome guest on this week that you may not be familiar with, but that's okay because you're going to listen to this and you're going to totally fall in love with him. He is a writer, director, producer. Um, his name is Lazarel Lizon, and he is here to talk about his film, Unknown, as well as like some general life advice, a lot of which applies to artists of, you know, across the board, whether that's acting, directing, writing, producing, whatever. If you are an entertainer, there is something in this episode for you. And this is a film that's also very curious. And then I think I think will be a lot of fun for everyone to watch. So instead of sitting here gabbing, because you know, I'm good at that. I'm just going to cut to the interview right about now. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you virtually. Nice to meet you as well. (laughs) So first of all, thank you for reaching out to me because I always like as an actress, I always love talking to other people who are, you know, directors, writers, and creators, because um, it, it was only a few years ago that I myself realized the importance of a writer and a director, especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I like having someone on my my show that can speak to that that portion of the industry because it's so focused on like, you know, the, the big superstars. And yet you can meet someone like yourself who has like a wealth of, of knowledge. So I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about your film and things like yeah. that. Now so, the producers, the, the writer producers. Writer, and, producer, and director. <laughs> right? Like, like, yes, doing a film anytime. I'm, I've been doing it for so long that. But you don't even not, look old, so. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I started. I started uh, so so young when I when I uh, came to L.A. You know, I remember when I first came to L.A. I, I uh, met this guy that I grew up watching on TV. Uh, that I grew up watching on TV. He was from Arkansas. And my father told me, he said, you need to link up with this guy when you get out there. So I, I met him, you know, because to me, he was a big star, even though he only did like a few guest appearances on some shows that I, that I was familiar with. And I remember he told me, he said, uh, he was a graduate of USC and we, we met at the campus. And he said, um, he said, give yourself five years. And this gonna happen. I'm like, five years, you must be out your mind. That's an eternity. And then, you know, uh, and then I look up now, you know, almost 20 years, you know? And, and it's like, and I look at, you know, throughout that whole tenure, I've been working. I've been, I was always, you go into it with a level of naivete, but that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you driven. It's the little things that you do to keep yourself growing, to keep yourself developing. And and then you look at it now. So back then, I used to feel like, you know, when you go into this journey, like putting a film together, doing all that was such hard work. But I think now it's, it's so much like second nature because you get a little older, you're more experienced, you know, your, your database relationships are thick, you know. And so so I, 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 it all makes sense now, you know. So I'm glad that that it it. it took me that journey and you proving yourself and nobody gave me nothing back then you had to earn every aspect and then you look up and you got a wealth of knowledge to be able to go and do to get hired and do multiple films and to have multiple levels of success yeah and, I'm... And, you, and you earn every bit of it you know but this industry makes you earn it yeah mm-hmm. I know <laughs> Um, I actually have a similar story myself. You know, I, I'm still, I'm not, you know, I'm not a famous actress, a big star or anything, but I am an actor. and I am somebody who's very passionate about 
what I do. And, and I'm very so grateful to the people who inspired me to do it. So like five years ago, I was like very naive and I'm like, I'm going to go to the film festival and I'm going to meet Brian Cranston and we're going to be best friends. And of Mm -hmm. course that is not going to happen, but Mm -hmm. it did. What happened was Brian Cranston got out of his car and went the other way and never even saw me. But the Mm -hmm. director of the film, she crossed the street and she was like, I think you're very pretty. Like it was just for no reason. And then we started talking and it turned out that she had directed uh, and written with her husband, uh, Nicholas Kazan, a film called Matilda, which is a very famous film. Yes, yes, yes. that was one of the last films that I had watched with my grandfather who had been like the whole reason why I wanted to act in the first place. And Mm -hmm. she got the idea that night that she was going to put me in a room with Brian Cranston. It took six months. She called me on a Wednesday. She said, I want you to come to New York. I went to New York and I met Brian Cranston and I had, you know, she's walking me over to him and I'm thinking, what right do I have to, to even be in this room? But then when I stood in front of him and nothing shook, I was like, oh, okay, this is, I belong here. And then he, and then he told me like, it doesn't matter if you're 15 or 55, you can always keep working because I was not an overnight success. I worked 30 years for them to know my name. So ever since then, I feel like I'm glad, like, like you, I'm glad I met somebody who was like a mentor to me. And then it turned out her husband's father is Leah Kazan who discovered Marlon Brando, who's like my ultimate. And I got to hear these beautiful stories about him and it just made me want to do this so much more. So it's cool that yeah. we have similar uh, kind of and, and experience. This journey, it's a, it's a, I always tell people, you know, the thing about entertainment is no lie when people say it keeps you forever young. <laughs> because it's something about, isn't it, it amazing? Like Betty White was like, literally 199 years old, you know, <laughs> but, but it just like the woman looked like she was just going in overdrive and then she just died. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's because the arts keep you so young. It keeps you so alive. And, and, and that's what makes it who we are. We are spiritual beings. We are, we are like, our souls are driven by music. Our souls are driven on vibrations. And, and that's why, you know, I look at it, I'm so happy with the journey that I've been through because it makes you who you are. Because if, if this one business that you can stay in past a certain time and don't quit, you belong here. That's the key. You belong here. And me personally, it, Throughout my journey, it's been times where I think I verbally quit throughout these, through my tenure. I probably verbally quit a hundred times, but I never internally quit. It just verbally, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with this. But in your heart, you're like, what else am I going to do? Right? What else am I going to start over and be? You know, and then because I always knew, like, if I ever stopped, then if I the time I stop, I'm going to end up seeing all the people that was along the journey with me. Many of them kept going and then they succeeded. So, you know, anyway, that's a I don't I rarely have this moment of self-reflection, you know, maybe, you know, so it's, it's interesting. Might actually be, you know, sometimes we say things that other people need to hear because I also say I'm done all the time because, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily conventional, conventional looking or my hair's too blonde or my, my chest is too big, whatever. And I've had a lot of that. Like I've gone into casting rooms and lost jobs because my hair was the wrong color or whatever. And, but I've also had this experience. This is wild. I was in LA my first time in LA and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't feel well. I'm like, I'm not going out. I'm done. My agent had called me, wanted me to go to some audition for something that I was like, was too embarrassed to play, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm done. I'm just, I'm just done. And I'm walking down the street. I'm sure you're, so you're familiar with LA, you know, the Burger King where on the brand sunset, the corner there, there's a Burger King. Yes. Yes. So yes. I was walking there and I wasn't going to Burger King, but this yellow Lamborghini stops. And he says, excuse me, are you an actress? And I'm like, great. Some weird person wants to talk to me. And I was like, nope. And I just kept walking. But 
thankfully he was persistent and he rolled down his window and he said, excuse me. And I turned around to say, you know, go take a hike. (laughs) And he had taken his sunglasses off and he said, my name is, and I said, yeah, I know you're Quentin Tarantino. I know, I know who you are. And he was like, get in my car because I'm holding up the traffic. And so I, I got in the car. This is a true story. We got in the car and he parked in that Burger King parking lot. And he talked to me for about 30 minutes. And he was like, I'm working on something. And I think you might be good for it. And I'm like, give me your number and all this. And then I told him about what my agent said. I was too blonde and all this. And he was like, don't change the thing that makes you stand out. And I was like, oh, you know, trying to lose weight. And I was bigger at the time. And he said, don't lose weight for this business. If you want to lose it for you, do it for you, but don't do it for me because I just stopped you on the street as you are right now. And he was like, this is like the universe's way of letting you know you are in a place that you need to be. And and it's just been, it's tough because so much of my desire to act and is rooted in what, you know, I became a, a method actor at the age of, I don't know, two with my grandpa in the living room, really believing that I was Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. And unfortunately mm. he passed away when I was only a kid. So I kind of gave it up for a long time and then picked it up again as an adult. So, so much of it is rooted in him. And sometimes I'm wondering who am I without this man? Do I have my own identity? But I do. And being able to compel somebody like Quentin Tarantino to even speak to you is kind of like makes you feel like maybe you are doing something right, especially when you've had an acting teacher who's made you cry for like eight weeks because she thinks you're too blonde. <laughs> like it's so, yeah, it's, I, I'm really enjoying already this conversation, even though I want to talk about your film. I just yeah. I love I'm loving getting to know who you are and I, I like at a soul level. So thank you for sharing with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, what I've learned and being, you know, and being a director and being over, over like, you know, when the cast and director send me options and things like that, you know, ideally you want to have a non-conventional look. You know, if you want to be a blonde, be a non-conventional blonde, be, have something, sometimes it helps to have a little bit of weight. It has because when you like the typical blonde, just like, and you put you in a lineup, everybody, it just like, you can say that's for all Asians, all Blacks, everybody go, it go to like blending in and everybody go to looking alike to the person. So when you have like a, something different, like if you're blonde and then you got uh, maybe a certain type of look or or certain this because everybody nowadays kind of looking for that i mean look at stranger things right yeah they got casted based off everybody looking a little bit off tilt <laughs> a little bit and then you start looking at them like oh my god they're beautiful this person is this you know and it ain't uh everybody kind of wants something a little bit not out of the ordinary because that's life. Nobody in life is really 100% perfect. You know, people may go to the doctor and try to make themselves perfect. I did but that. Then, uh, you did that. And then the doctor said no. Yeah. And then, but people, even when they do that, they still possess the same insecurities because it's all about inside, you know, inside. Anyway. And this is, so uh, this particular film, Unknown, this is your 19th film, right? 19th? Yeah. Uh, not in my 19th. I've done quite a bit of stuff. On your, uh, I, I looked at your IMDb and it, t- it said you've directed 19 films. Oh, 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 oh. Like I've been, I've done, I've been involved in about 19 different projects. So that's going back from the start of my career. Yeah been involved like I hadn't I hadn't directed 19 um I've directed as far as features I, I get so confused as far as feature film this is like my sixth feature I've done shorts lots of shorts I've done uh documentaries all that it may it may be I don't I don't know <laughs> I just this- remember the I remember the successful ones 
<laughs> this particular film is a is a horror uh, thriller from from what I'm told. I haven't had the pleasure of seeing mm. it, but I do look mm. forward to it. Yeah. It's a psychological this is a psychological thriller unknown man uh it's going to keep you on the edge of your seats. What's this? What's that? If you like movies like man like you know, we can go back as far as The Shining, uh, uh, Sinister Sixth Sense is is a movie that's going to have you guessing and who is who. And then, you know, it's about this um, writer that's on his second novel. And he after his first novel, you know, he's he's kind of having brain blocks when he's starting up uh, going into his second novel. And then he suddenly, suddenly started getting phone calls out of the blue from from the un, from a number called unknown. We I get a lot of those every day from people <laughs> like unknown, unknown. Like then you answer this like you know uh, when you answer this like uh, somebody uh, trying to sell you something <laughs> like, uh, like so. But he started getting random calls from unknown and. And and then and then basically they asking all of them asking the same question. So he goes down this rabbit hole of trying to figure this out. What happened? What happened? You know, who are these people? What happened? And then, you know, he get lost. He get lost in that journey of trying to figure it out. And and then, you know, and and then, you know, we just it just it gets really, really crazy. Sounds like it. <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned The Shining because um, I actually had last last year I had Brad Dourif on the show, and mm-hmm. he worked with you know Jack Nicholson and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and he actually spent like almost an hour telling me how crazy The Shining was and how like intense it, like of an actor you had to be to like play something like that, and you mm-hmm. sort of cast people who are I would say. I know who they are, but maybe a little bit lesser known to some people, um, which I think is great, actually. And I was actually wondering why, like, you've worked with, you know, Tom Sizemore and uh, Master P and Romeo Miller multiple times. Why this cast? Well, you know, with um, with Tom Sizemore and because with, Tom, with, with all the struggles that, that Tom Sizemore is, is going going through I thought it would be interesting you know like you know um I developed a relationship with him and I'm like wouldn't that be interesting to it's almost like looking at yourself in the mirror to be the best of yourself he's so phenomenal but I'm like let's make him an AA sponsor within this movie and and I mean he give a very sobering uh performance and and, you know, and it's just like, and what I tried to do was push the grain a little bit on, on some casting choices that I, that I, that I had. And like, you know, with, with Percy, I call him Percy Master P. Uh, and even with him, put people in positions where it's roles they don't normally play. So it would allow them to push the grain even more. And, and dig into the characters even more and man, you know, and everybody, everybody did the, went all the way in, you know, from P to Tom to Denise Boutte to, I mean, we got, you know, from Judd Nelson to everybody, Nicole Tom to everybody went all the way in and then the lead Hal Ozen, you know, Lesser known, but you know he's done a lot of stuff like uh, Dawson's Creek, and he's been on a lot of lot of great stuff. But man, the role that he played—you have to be very selective about who you give that role to because you got to be willing to go there. You got to be willing to go there emotionally, become that character, and he was just somebody that was willing to go to that place of darkness and 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 you know it's almost like when you saw um uh ryan reynolds when he when he did uh what's the what's the movie the the it was a remake 
Um, oh, there's so many. <laughs> uh, it's a it was a remake of the Haunted movie. Uh, what it were uh, the guy basically the whole backstory is the guy went crazy and killed his family. Oh, oh, I know the movie that you're talking about, but I can't remember the name. Yeah, he he, he went crazy and killed his family, and then when the new family moved in, he started hearing hearing voices, and then ultimately the dad kind of slowly unravels mm-hmm. and become that uh, Amityville Horror. Amityville Horror, the name of the movie. Uh, and when Ryan Reynolds played that, you just kind of saw him slowly unravel and go to that dark place. Uh, and you got to be willing to do that. You got to be open to doing that. And you got to be such an amazing actor that you can make the act make the audience believe mm-hmm. that you can do that. And that's the key. And, and every actor can't do that. Every actor can't ain't willing to dial in and be that committed to the material. And so, um, but how odd than he was, he was. He sounds like somebody I've seen some of his projects who could at any time have what I call like a Brian Cranston moment, because, uh, you know, Brian was, you know, he was on all these different shows, but it was like one episode here, two or mm-hmm. three here. And mm-hmm. then he did, he did Malcolm in the middle and he actually told me when 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 he found out that Malcolm in the Middle was canceled, he didn't know what he was going to do next. And they asked him to audition for Breaking Bad the next day. But all the casting directors were like, this goofy idiot, you think he can play uh, Walter White? And the, the creator of the show was like, absolutely. And he said, I walked in the room and I just went somewhere that I that's not at all like himself. And they just, they were like, you know, they were blown away and they gave him the job. So I, I think Hal has the potential to have that mm-hmm. moment as well. And maybe, and, you know, this film might help that. And that, and honestly, and honestly, in this business, that's all, this is a business. People say luck. No, but there's, I, but I believe, I believe that is being prepared for the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? When the opportunity comes, it's like when you, people can say somebody like Madonna, they can give Madonna, they can say all type of things they want to say about Madonna. But look back during Madonna's era. We remember Madonna, but how many other people during that era that was doing the same thing she was doing that you can remember now? Not a whole lot. Not only a few, only a few. But for her to have such longevity, that means talent took in. Talent took in. And, and, and uh, I mean, and that's the way I look at it, like, with everything in the industry. You can, you can have, you can walk out and somebody can give you that opportunity. But if you don't have the hunger, the talent, all that stuff, once that opportunity comes and goes, once you get your 15 minutes, then you're an afterthought. So it's got to be so much talent and so much hard work and so much discipline that keeps you growing, that keeps you in demand, that keeps people wanting to, to deal with you. And that's the way I look at about this industry. Even, even like, you know, I look at where I'm at right now. I look at it like, you know, you work so hard to get here. Everything else is a cakewalk from here. Just, just having fun. I've always felt just with, within everyone that I've met and some that I haven't met yet. I've always felt like this business was like almost like a family because you, mm-hmm. you don't, it's not a choice. Like people think you just wake up one day and you're like, I want to be an actor, but I feel like it's from the time that you're, young or people will see that this you're not totally normal if that makes sense yeah because i look at the producer the producer on this film um tatiana chikova who's my partner and she's been doing this stuff since she's been in theater she started theater at 15 you know so it's like to be able to 
it, you're right. It starts when you're young. I mean, I've been like kind of like a little writer nerd, nerd to that was 10, you know? So you kind of like, it's this addiction that, that starts so young that you, you have to want this business. You have to, it has to be something so inside of you and telling stories or creating characters and all that stuff. Becoming famous can't be the driving force. No. And if that's the driving force, you're going to be back home in no time. Uh, but if it's to become the best at what you do, to become great at what you do, and let that be the driving force, man, when you walk, when, when that opportunity comes to you, you're going to be so prepared. And they ain't going to know what hit them. Because then your talent going to come and they're going to realize, oh, my God, she's more than just a pretty face. She's more than just this. She's more than just that. And then that's what takes you to the next level. I think we've seen that recently with uh, just Andrew Garfield because, you know, he did Spider-Man and then everybody hated that Spider-Man. It was terrible. They just didn't want it. And he kind of did like a string. I've seen all of his work. So he's did like a string of indie, indie films that were good, but no one saw. And then he did um, Hacksaw Ridge and he got that Oscar nomination and then he kind of went away for a while again. And now he can't get, you can't get rid of him. Like he, and I think he's got an unconventional uh, look and, and even his acting style is very, uh, it's different. And that's, he, he's hungry for the thing, but I think oddly enough, the person who has taught me the most about how, how, having to want something so bad and being told you can't have it and you can is actually Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, wow. No, he is. He is. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Tom Brady, like this man, like, oh, no, it's like he is. But they told him you are not qualified to throw one play in the NFL. Yeah. And they telling him now, you too old to do no. that. You too old to do that. You too, this guy. Oh, that's a whole nother conversation. My I'm favorite not. thing that he's ever said is the football doesn't care how old I am. And then when I heard that, I was like, it's true. Like the camera doesn't care. It's people who get too involved in like the hot, he's, young, you know, new thing. He's the epitome of a leader. He's a leader. Well, aren't you sort of the same thing with what you do as a director? You you have to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the whole thing. It's like when you see a leader, a true, it's a lot of people that are in positions of leadership, but a true leader is a person that's willing to have people around you. That's willing to fight for you to the end. A person that builds people up. And Absolutely. see something in them, see something in them they don't see in themselves. You know, when I when I direct a movie, because I come from an athletic background, I believe everybody's important. I I would shake the PA's hand. I would shake, I, I like to go in and make because I know that the people at the top are the ones that set the tone for the rest of the set. And I believe that if you if you build everybody else up. They're going to go to the end of the world for you. They're going to like, they're going to be your mouthpiece. As a director, I don't have to say nothing because all these people you may feel good and feel proud, they're going to be your mouthpieces out there. They're going to be the one pushing the movie. They weren't going to be proud of it. And, and I think that definitely a director, you know, that's the whole point of position is about building people up. And that's one thing I pride myself in is like, I don't believe in, nobody on my set putting down people it ain't gonna be none of that i'm like the only person gonna have egos on this set is gonna be the talent <laughs> like that because you know actresses you know i'm like an actor, <laughs> you know they just but they the pay they they the ones that's selling the movie so you know you can right. expect when you get a big actor in a movie they but you only got them there for a short period of time you get them in right. get them out so reason. so i can expect Cause I, we just did, we just finished another film and, and, and you're going to deal with talent that have like, uh, 
divas. You know, if you work with a Mariah Carey or somebody like that, they they're gonna be divas. But the thing about it is, but it's so, but you expect that. You expect pampered people to be divas, but I can tolerate that for three days, four days, but right. I'm not going to tolerate, I'm not going to tolerate particular positions on a film set, like the wardrobe or the makeup or the camera department or producers to walk around disrespecting people. Right. Or being, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even talent is not going to disrespect people, but you know. So yeah. what inspired you to do this particular film? Um, I've always been into more of the thrillers, you know, growing up, um, and into this type of genre. So, and just like most stories, it just came to me one day and, and, and I always, if I was going to do a horror, a, a horror thriller film, I'm like, it has to be, I don't want it to be a traditional type. Right. Flasher and things like that. I want to do something a little bit more cerebral. And like a like the sinisters or or like the movies I was just referring to earlier, um, and this film just it just came it came and and then obviously it's like I've been writing for so long but I forget I write I wrote the film when I think about when the cast come in because they bring a life the actors give a life of his own and so and it just and watching what they did to it i'm like i wrote that but uh but yeah it's such a um it just came and like now it just you know and editing gives it a whole different feel i was just gonna say how do you feel like from what you wrote and then when you when you go into post like how different was that for you it's very different in many ways it's like better than you thought different in a good way what 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 people going to witness when they watch this movie is like it's at a whole other level whole other level did you learn anything about yourself or your and your style of writing through this or do you think it was just so organic that it just came to you it's part of the evolutionary process um i learned you know the you know um i probably won't um no, I actually no. It it's it was just part of the journey. Of course, every film I grow from, every film I take something away from, and and you know, and if we set up to do a sequel for this film, it would be even crazier on another level. That would. It sounds like it's something that it's it's going to be very like engaging, and I really like you know like true crime and things like that. So I'm always like trying to figure it out. So mm-hmm. I feel like I this is when, when people watch it, it, it definitely leaves people wanting more at the end. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and it is a it is a good cast. Like I'm 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 excited about it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, Master P you you call him Percy, but I've only ever known him as Master P. And then yeah, for a little yeah. while P, he was P. P Miller. Yeah, he P. I call <laughs> I call him I call him P, you know. Um uh I call him P, but yeah, definitely. And having his him son. In, mm-hmm. He was Produce, part of producing, right? Pro, yeah, producing capacity. Yeah. So he did not act in the film? No, he didn't be. He wasn't in the film as an actor. So, did, but he, you have worked with him as an actor and other stuff, right? No, I, which one? The son? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in the newest film I just did. Oh. Which is a whole different genre, which is a whole different. So you really love this family. Well, it just well, yeah. This is my first time actually um, uh, having Romeo involved in the acting capacity. What about his uh, sister? Um, his sister, uh, she was involved in a something past, else. That yeah, something else. That's she was involved in the first thing I ever did with P. Okay. Never, never again. Um, and and that was I work with. P wasn't involved in this, in uh, the newest film I did. The right. one we just did, he wasn't involved in that. Uh, the sister was involved in the first film I was involved in P with. She's actually very underrated in terms of talent, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Symphonique. Symphonique yeah, Miller. Symphonique Miller. Yeah, very extraordinary talent. Um, 
And I've been fortunate to work with um, a lot of great people. And the next film that that we just wrapped has a lot of people in it. And it just so happened, you know, um, I met P um, when I did the movie Never and Again, and we created a great relationship. And 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 this is the first time I've had on this newest film. It's the first time I've actually uh, worked with Romeo in the acting capacity. That's in interesting. Acting, yeah, in the acting capacity. And did you uh, did he bring like a different energy as an actor than he did as a producer? Was he more serious Romeo, as an actor? Romeo is like phenomenal actor. Phenomenal, I agree. Phenomenal. I honestly. I was so shocked. I was so shocked at the level of professionalism, the level of of commitment, the business savvy, just he's somebody that you want to like keep working with because he's he's not a and I'm not just saying this just to just to say it. He's really talented. He's really, really talented. I mean, that what he, I mean, he's just naturally talented. I mean, he's been doing it all his life, you know, from a kid acting. And you could definitely tell, like, within this other film, the, the, the film we just wrapped up, I was really blown away. I was really What's blown away. What's it called? Away. Does it have a title? Yeah, it's a totally... It's so weird, like, doing this interview <laughs> and talk about that because it's a holiday movie. It's oh. a holiday, holiday movie, so it's like, uh, it, it's really jumping genres, you know? So um, so this is like kind of like we're going from Halloween to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's, it's um, but it's a amazing cast, very well-known cast, and that's coming out later this year. So you're doing a lot this year. It's a big year for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, they got a lot, got a lot going on. That's amazing. Like, I, I love mm-hmm. to see people who really love this business just like thriving in it. And I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for like that day when I'm the can be the in your position and telling other people like you know it will happen at some point. It really does work out when you just. I mean, it, I for me, it's like I live it. When I watch a film, I forget that there is a world outside of it because I want to experience everything. And I think a lot of that for me personally, it comes from those old films like Marlon Brando and young Robert De Niro. I watched that and I'm like, there's no special effects. There's nothing. You have to rely strictly on the talent. And now that's not true. You can make a Spider-Man and you don't even have to see the guy's face. Like we don't even know who's in suit. It could, you know what I mean? That definitely tells a lot about you as a person and your level of commitment, your level of artistry that <laughs> and your level of commitment that, you know, with you going and you're being a film buff, you're being a film buff and, and you wanting to be the best. And it, it, it will, like I always say, it will happen and it'd be, it'd happen based off your talent. And that's what you want. Absolutely. You, want, you know, uh, and, 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 it, and it's an industry that what makes it so interesting, the industry that we're in right now, what people realize, what people don't realize, like, because it's so crowded with so many people, what is it about you that going to keep the attention on you? Then you, because people may say like, "Oh, I'm pretty." It's a million people pretty out here. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, it's a million people with abs. It's right. a million women. It's a million blondes. It's a million this. Right. It's a million that. But then when you start thinking about how many great actresses, how many great actors, suddenly you lose a large percentage of people. You know, you lose a large. Because at the end of the day, talent helps. Talent is what keeps you around. Talent is what's going to make somebody not want to get rid of you. 
and kick you out the room, you know? It's the fact that it's the talent that sustains everybody, you know? Like, I got people, my post team, been with me for over 10 years. They've been with me for a long time. But it's also been a lot of people that's been replaced because you don't have to replace them. They replace themselves because the talent, they wasn't growing. And when you're not growing, it ain't no room for you anymore. You know, and um, because it takes a commitment. I, I just, I, the film buff thing, that just sucks. Like, it's not even my fault. I was born and some old man parked me in front of the TV with the Wizard of Oz. And my mom told me that she estimates that over the first four years of my life, I watched this film like 16,000 times. She said I would watch it like all day. Like it was always playing in the background to the point mm-hmm. I went to school and I wouldn't answer them because they weren't calling me Dorothy. And they called my mom and they were like, your daughter's not here. And she was like, oh. And so for 10 years I had, you know, my mom hates film. She's not a thing for her. I guess I played that Wizard of Oz too much. But my grandpa was always kind of like, leave her alone. Don't tell her that she's not that. Let her think that she can be and do anything. So I did. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you're so anybody is, who has a person like that, whether it's a relative or a mentor, is so blessed. But mm-hmm. when you lose that and the world starts telling you what you can't be and you start to believe them just a little bit, that for me, I think I self-sabotaged myself a lot because I yeah. I forget for I, I say, oh, well, he's not going to see it. So it doesn't matter. But it does matter. And my mentor, that as I said, she wrote Matilda, she wrote Curious Case of Benjamin Button, like she's an Academy Award nominated writer and director. Mm-hmm. You don't get to as a woman, especially you can't do that unless you're really mm-hmm. great. And I yep. told I told her about my grandpa and she was like, this is a movie. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, you got this grandpa who is a grandpa and no grandpa wants to go to daycare with you, but you don't want to go to daycare without grandpa. So grandpa's going to daycare with you. Like he did everything with me. And she said, that's more than a dad. That's more than a, that's not an obligation. She said, this is a film and I'm trying to write it. But every time I try, I stop myself because, well, there's a hundred grandpa movies, but my, my mentor saying, there's only one, like there's only one stuff. I've never heard of this before. Like write the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. trying. And then I said to her, I can't write this because so I'm going to ask you in a second a question. But I said to her, I can't write this because there is only one actor who could play my grandpa and he'll never do it. And it's uh, John Goodman. He's so good. Too good. I was, I was surprised because he li- he arguably he's an A-lister. I agree. And, and I, I don't understand. And I, and I was surprised he went back to TV. <laughs> But as that's, big as he was, as big as he was, as big as love. he did, he did not even need the Connors or Rovan show. But that don't was, you think that was love? He just did it out of love for that show. Probably so. Probably. I mean, it was that, but it was like he would just, it's just to me, maybe in my eyesight, I'm like, he was too big for it. He, it's almost like, it's almost like, Michael J. Fox, before he got, you know, sick and everything, that after becoming a super A-lister and back to the future, he went back to Silver Spoons, you know? Even though you could probably say that the other film was much bigger. I mean, Connors was much bigger, but it's just like, it, it is the love for it. But it's like, he was, he was the coolest actor, man, John Goodman. <laughs> He just I do, think so too. Yeah, he just do everything, you know. Anyway, yeah. I think he's just someone who's never been ashamed of who he was. Like he was called ugly, fat, not a leading man, this, that, and the other thing. And instead of relying on his the way he looked, he he was like, "But I have talent." What do you say to someone who's, you know, trying to write a film who's struggling to write it because they are terrified that it's going to be bad? It's no such thing as, I mean, no script is perfect on the first draft. No, you know, of course you, not. you have to, the whole, the, once you got the canvas of the script down, it's easy to build on that and make it better. But you can't build on something that's not there. 
So if you so if you struggle your way through it to get get it done, the most important thing is get it done. Because then you can always have something for people to read and then say, fix this and this and this and this. But the hardest part of a when I first wrote my first script and I finally finished one at 19, first script. The hard, but then after that one, because it was always I would start, but you didn't finish. But once I finished my first script, I finished every script after that. Because the hardest part is always finishing it because you start out motivated, then you lose interest and all that stuff right there. It's just like with film. It's, it's just like with film. It's it, it just, you have to just finish it, you know, write an outline. I always say this, when you write a screenplay, the first thing you do before you even write the screenplay, you need to break it down into acts. You know what I'm saying? Act one, act two, act three. The screenplay should be written before you even write a word of dialogue in a screenplay. Should be already written within the outline. And once you do that, it's easy to go and just write the screenplay. But you that's what you have. Easy. <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah, probably, probably, probably so. But, but that's what I say. The most important thing is like, I don't care if you feel like it be bad or whatever. It's the fact that it's got a lot of good elements in it that that you can build on that you can build on but it will never become a movie if you never write it it will never become a completed screenplay if you just if you never write it you never have nothing to pitch to him if you never no i just mean in general like for anybody who wants to to write a screenplay is that your your advice is just finish it my advice is like always to if they want to write a screenplay to actually, that's what you're asking, right? If you want to write a screenplay. Yeah, right? if you want to, and you actually want to make it into, make it into a film. Like it's not just something you're writing because you're bored. Oh, uh, to write it. That's just my write. advice. Just, to, just to, to write it. Cause when you write it, you got something to show. It said a lot when you actually took the time to do something, you know what I'm saying? It said a lot when, people see the effort that's put into it, you know, um, you know, it's like, you know, it just, because I've seen a lot of people through the years, when I first got to LA, people was talking about stuff. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, it wasn't ideals. It was always, if you ever want, I remember when I first got to LA, I did extra work a couple of times. If you ever want to see the most successful, biggest people that's doing the most stuff in Hollywood you ever can imagine, uh, look at look at the people that's doing more than anybody else in Hollywood and then know everybody. It's always extras that on on Hollywood sets. You know what I'm saying? They always doing big. They're, they're lying basically, but it's like they're always doing all this huge and big stuff and doing this and doing that. And, and, and the most important thing, and a lot of times they're not doing anything. People talk about what they're going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm, and the only thing that made me different than people that I was around when I first got to L.A. is I was a self-starter. Once I get started, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm on it. You know, when I did my very, very short first short film, I was working in a gym. I was working in a gym. And I'm like, you know what? I made up my mind. I said, I'm going to do it. I bust my tail in a gym. And I was in production four months later, financing my own thing. Because I knew the only way I was going to, I just didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted to do it. And that opened a lot of doors. It sounds like it would. Yeah. I've been, for me, it's been, I don't want to say this because it's going to make me sound like an egotistical bitch but I've never had to ask for attention like I could just show up somewhere and people will either really not like me or they love me and when I meet people who are filmmakers and things like that we always click right away like like that thing that happened at the film festival and that Tarantino thing and 
And I went back to that film festival since just just to say thank you to like an older man actor that I know all these young kids are screaming, don't want to see him like Mandy Patinkin. I don't know if you're a fan, but I'm a fan. And I went to the film festival and I just wanted to thank the man. And I left with a friend. Uh, I had Brad Dourif on my podcast. And when he realized that I had seen everything and didn't care about Chucky, we talked for several hours and we remained friends. So I've been blessed to make all these connections, but I, and all these people are so willing to like, you want to do that? I'll support it. But I don't, I never want to take the help. What do you think about people who are working in this, in films who don't, who don't want to think they can just do it all by themselves like me? (laughs) Well, I mean, I always say this right here. Has it gotten you anywhere? Yes and no. Depends. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So what you do is you write on paper the pros and the cons. How has you wanting to do it all on your own, how you write down where it, what it has gotten you. Look at That's one side. And on the other side, you write down what it hadn't got you. You know what I'm saying? You kind of measure the two. That's how you base it off. Like, what can I get? Then you create another list. What can I get if I took advantage of people that offered to help me? And then if you look at it in the cons outweigh the pros or vice versa, then that's a choice you make. But Um, I think it's important to always be giving back to those people or to others. Yes, always to me, I look at it like when it comes down to people offering, you know, just make sure that you're just not a person that's always with your hand out, but it's like you willing to put in the work as well. That's the, you know, that's the key to, to everything in life, because when people feel like it's a mutual exchange then people wouldn't have said, you know what? I want to make time for this. But when it's just like me, 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 then people like, then they priorities start coming and they start thinking about, well, I, I, I got an important meeting. I got a, this new project coming up. I ain't got time for this. Then people lose interest fast. But if it's a mutual beneficial thing, um, where somebody else thinking they winning just as much as you, especially entertainment, because entertainment is never, it's never a, a uh, quick thing. It's never a, um, just a phone call. I'm doing this. You got to massage that phone call. You got to do this. You got to, you know, and then people have lives. I have worked and I have friends who think, you know, we go to work just music video. For example, we go to work and it's done in like four minutes. But really that three minute music video, like I've been on set for 18 hours. Exactly, 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 exactly. So that's when you say it's not quick, it's really not quick. And even your hits are not quick, if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. Mm -hmm. But it seems Mm -hmm. to me like you, having worked for even as long as you have, are now hitting your biggest stride with this film and then the next thing and the next thing. And it's just like, it's not going to stop. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's just being in that moment where, but I always, what I try to do, I try to make sure, well, at this point now, people starting to see like, okay. You're talented. You're, I'm, you bringing value, I'm bringing value to them. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's, you know, so hope everybody enjoy the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's coming out on the 28th. Uh, June 28th, everywhere. So check your local listing so it's pretty much is it just everything. video on demand or is it like amazon prime yes is man it's it's on if just if you got like verizon at&t cox whatever you got it's on the it's on the it's on the demand then it's on amazon it's on itunes google play uh voodoo is it's pretty much everywhere it's, okay. it's surprisingly everywhere well, you know? no, it's not surprising because obviously from everything that I've heard from you, you earned this, you worked mm-hmm. hard for this and you're inspiring someone like me and someone else who's listening to who will do the same thing. And maybe they'll make a really great film 
because of something that they heard you say. Doesn't that make you feel really like awesome? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, I feel good. I feel I feel definitely it's always good when you when you um I feel like the biggest in this business, you know, I, I've you know, I had did a lot of projects, but when I the time that I knew that I I broke through, unfortunately, you know, as the director, filmmaker, all that stuff, money says when you then broke through. And when I did the Never and Again movie and I sold it, that's when it's like, oh, a load came off me. A load came off me. And that's the key. So now when I when I do these projects like this, I understand them. I understand how to make the movie, how to make it valuable, how to create a package. And, and you know, and so it's definitely it's definitely rewarding. It's definitely rewarding is if it, you know probably because my knowledge then got to the place where it's at now, I don't jump through the moon because it's like, you know, it's just, it's just a different, it's a different feeling. It's a different feeling of appreciation of a, you know, same reason why you got somebody, if they won an Oscar, they don't be, you sit Denzel down and say congratulations on winning the Oscar and all they like, you're like, shouldn't you be jumping over the couch? Shouldn't you be doing this? Shouldn't you be doing that? And, they done put in all the work. They done got so good at what they do. It's like, now it's like, you know, I think the only time we saw Tom Cruise jump all over the couch when he was doing it for Katie Holmes. I'm in love. I'm in love. Like, yeah, I do. I was young then, but I remember, like, I remember it. I'm in love. You My know? favorite thing that I've ever heard someone say about an Oscar was uh, Marlon Brando saying that he didn't feel that he should have an Oscar because it takes so many people to make a movie that they should all have one. And I thought that was kind of a beautiful thing because you only you can only give as good as you're getting. So even though he, everybody knows the scene, I could have been a contender, could have been somebody. And he says, well, I didn't think it was very good. And people just liked it because they all feel that way. And I was like, no, you and that other actor whose name I honestly don't know, they were feeding off each other so well that you, you really looked at Terry Malloy and you did feel like you were like him. You did feel like yeah. you could be. But what I took away from that is not I could have, it's I can. If I work as hard as he did, like who's going to stop me? Who's going to take it away? But it's hard to get to that, to that work ethic. And I read a book recently and I probably shouldn't speak on this person, but I will. And it was Will Smith's book. And in the very first chapter, he says, talks about building a wall when he was a kid. And he said, it took all, all year. It felt like to, to build this damn brick wall that his dad wouldn't let him and his brother like play or nothing. They had to build a wall. And he said, we were looking at the wall and it was like a big hole and we were never going to finish the wall. And then one day he said, my dad got pissed off and he said, why don't you just start with one brick and one brick and then another brick. And he said, when I started laying one brick at a time, my wall got built very quickly, but people don't realize it, that it's like one small step every day. And that's, and that's the way, that's the way I look at storytelling. That's the way I look at, um, film period like every day when it come down to something dealing with a film i have everything broken up and i know you do this piece you do this piece this is what i need to achieve every day every day in order to be where i need to be and honestly when you do it that way you you surprise how quickly you finish it how quickly you do it it ain't a month it ain't two weeks a lot of times it may be like by the end of the week, you know? So I definitely, that is a, um, uh, a great analogy. And I, that's one that I've used quite a bit. Yeah. About building a wall. <laughs> building a wall, but it was a, a um, it was, I was using one with a long time ago. I heard one similar, like an elephant, you know, if you looked at how big an elephant is, 
And you thought about, man, eating all that, you know, and all that. But if you do, it was some analogy uh, we was talking about. But if you, if, a, if I guess if I, even if an animal looked at a big elephant, you know, like I say, oh man, this is going to be huge. But I guess if you looked at piece by piece, you know, then it's like, uh, it, it was relevant back in the day we was using that. But it's similar, <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it was similar to the brick wall, you know, uh, now you can't be saying that the inhumane society come like eating an elephant <laughs> Peter, i have to say i've i've really enjoyed this conversation i've loved hearing about your movie um even though we, we didn't say that much about it but and partially i don't want to because i want people to watch it and not be spoiled like you know going invest in. to the director that makes sense well that i love sense. I love directors and I love writers because like when I met my mentor and she said, I wrote Matilda, I looked at her like she hung the moon because before that I didn't understand where I just thought actors showed up and you know, that's how it worked. That's mm -hmm. not how it works. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to people like you, but I'm also really, I believe that things happen for reasons and I'm going to be totally honest. I've been sitting around doing a lot of, I don't know if I'm good enough for this life that I want. And I got an email, well, about you. And I was like, yeah, cool. And um, I've been talking to you and you've basically just made me, reminded me the importance of like, if it didn't matter, I wouldn't wake up every day thinking I have to write this film about my grandpa or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you have re-inspired me, which means a lot. So thank you. I'm so appreciative of everyone in this business and I really mean that like it's not just something I say it comes from the soul and I just I love everyone who's in this industry who plays it forward and who cares so I will 100% promote your film hopefully they'll read mm -hmm. they'll they'll actually go watch it and um, maybe I, I'll do something where if people watch it I could they could come on here and tell me what they thought about it because I like to talk about all kinds of different things okay and maybe you'd be interested in hearing people's feedback. I don't know. Absolutely. That'd be cool. Absolutely. That'd be, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. And I hope that you will let me know when your next film comes out so I can share that with people. Because now I've kind of fallen in love with you on a soul level as a human, as, a, as an mm -hmm. artist. And I'm grateful mm -hmm. that we've connected. So thank you so, so much for reaching thank out you. to me. Thank you. If you let me know, I'm so eager. I'm a, I'm a, I'm always a fan of people doing interviews because you have a mission to bring awareness to other people. So ultimately, my people is introduced to you, and your people introduced to me. So that's the way it works, man. And uh, thank you, and everybody, check out Unknown on June the 28th. Yes, absolutely. Eight what days. are your, your socials? So. Lot, just like my name sound, Lazrael, L-A-Z-R-A-E-L, Lison, um, L-I-S-O-N. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me pretty much on Instagram. TikTok. Similar. <laughs> um, uh, that that kind of got a look to a head of me. I ain't did the TikTok thing. <laughs> but but I'm sure like everybody, once you do that, it's easy to find. You know, I'm, I'm easy to find. I will share it for sure. Okay. I do these interviews to help people promote their work because I would want someone to do the same, but I also do it because I learn from, from everyone. Everyone has something to teach someone. Absolutely. Else. Well, thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you. And there you have it. A really great interview with someone who has so much insight to offer just about, like I said, any at the beginning of the episode, anyone and everyone who's in the entertainment business, as well as, you know, if you're a, um, a regular, you got to hear stories about my grandpa again, which uh, happens to be a recurring theme if you're new. Um, and I'm not sorry for that because I love my grandpa and um, he lives forever and ever and ever um, in me. So uh, there's a little bit of him in every episode and you're just going to have to get used to it. <laughs> So it was brought to my attention last week that I forgot to say hello to my most loyal fan ever. Hi, Bobby. I am so sorry that I forgot about you last week. You're not very forgettable, but I forgot. It slipped my mind. I'm sorry. So 
with all of that said, I really just want to encourage you guys to check out Unknown. Um, like Lazarielle said, you can watch it on pretty much any video on demand service. Um, uh, there's also, I think he said Google Play, Voodoo, uh, Amazon, and iTunes. If you're someone who wants to see the film and doesn't have the means to do so, please feel free to um, send me a tweet at a blonde who talks, A-B-L-O-N-D-E-W-H-O-T-A-L-K-S. And I will help you um, to make sure that you can see the film because it's very important for me that um, films that are not necessarily released in theaters do get seen and do get the recognition that they deserve. And if you do watch the film, like send me a tweet and let me know what you think because I'd love to share that with Lazariel, who is uh, incredible. And I'm so grateful that he reached out uh, to, to be on the show. And I'm glad that we did it. And I'm so grateful for everything that I learned. Now I am going to shut up about that and myself and encourage you to follow Lazariel on, um, on his social media uh, platforms. Instagram is Lazariel Lizon, L-A-Z-R-A-E-L underscore L-I-S-O-N. And that's pretty easy. You just type it in the search bar, you're good to go. This show, as always, is sponsored by, you know, the Brady brand and the TB12 method. Uh, unofficially, of course, they don't know that they're sponsoring me, but they are and have been since the beginning. <laughs> officially sponsored by Michael Stolberg Family Wines, where you can find anywhere in the U.S. and on Instagram and online at michaelstolbergfamilywines.com. Also, this is totally unsponsored. Just want to give shout outs to two really great companies. Check out, especially if you're into like coffee, check out Ignorant Gentlemen's Club on Etsy. It's just ignorant underscore gentlemen. My friend Tom makes these amazing coffees. They are so delicious. Um, he doesn't pay me to tell you this. I just do it because I love the guy and I love what he's doing. And also a huge shout out to Huck's Underwear, which is like a no camel toe underwear brand that a friend of mine, uh, Jen, created couple years ago and it took off and it's amazing. And she is amazing. You will not regret it. And you can check them out on Instagram as well at Huxwear, H-U-X-W-E-A-R. Uh, give them a follow and make a purchase. You will not regret it. This is women's underwear. If you're a man, maybe go to bradybrand.com. Also again, non-sponsored. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys and I'll be back next week. Bye. That's a great Thanks, Bobby.